Hey, Jesse. Hey, Natalia. Every time you're watching like a true crime, okay, stay with me here. And okay. it's a woman who murders someone. Uh -huh. do, you, do you just sort of think like, good for her? Uh, for the most for part, yeah. For the most part, because usually, yeah. Because usually um, it's warranted. Let's be. It's warranted. Yeah. Let's let's be real. Uh, for the most part. Um. So like, if there was a show that existed out there <laughs> that was a woman just killing all of her problems, <laughs> wouldn't that be just an absolute delight? I don't know that I would like consider her a murderer. <laughs> she's she's doing a job. That's right. Today we're here to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the first in a four-part series where yes. we're going to talk about Buffy all month because we love it. We um, do. As a little pre-warning, uh, I don't know if you can tell, I am sick. Uh, her mic is also doing something. My, my mic is also, on. it's going on a little adventure without us. Um, so this might not be a headphones type yeah, of like, episode. I'm sorry. Yeah, we apologize in advance. Technical issues, you know, like, listen, I don't have the money for a new mic. So we got to do what we got to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and we're also uh, doing um, yard work outside. Yard work. It's, it's a real, like, just, you know, conglomeration of... <laughs> To form a sort of auditory hellmouth for well, everyone oh, watching. Oh. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yes, we're going to talk about Buffy. This week, we're going to talk about basically, how do I even put this? Like, one, how we came into the, the Buffyverse as fans. And uh, in addition, like, why we love it so much. And then later in the month, we'll go into more specifics about like, you know, things about this but like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 this is just like the intro post like to... exactly this is the this is the uh the thesis the thesis statement of thesis our statement. of our buffy essay to come over this month i'm kidding or i can't even say the word thesis properly so like <laughs> what am i even talking about so yes buffy the vampire slayer now little disclaimer a second disclaimer we know Joss Whedon is a dweeb, okay? He's 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 not a good dude. Okay? However, lots of other people also worked hard on this show. So, we're going to give their a fair them a fair shake and we're just going to Yeah, so for right now, let's just yeah. like side table that this not something yeah. we are not we need to talk about today. I we just, just you know, want to focus on one thing. We need a path we can't go yeah. on tangents. Exactly. So I just <laughs> wanted, we just wanted to put this out there that we are recognizing this. This is not pro Whedon mm -hmm. in any way. This is pro Buffy. No. So, yes. So, Buffy. 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 Should we kind of start with like, of our times? The like general gist of. Yes, for Buffy, anyone out like, there it... who's never seen <laughs> Buffy the Van. I. It's hard. Like, I feel like a lot of people, like, even if you haven't watched it, you at least know what it you is. Know. Like, you'd be like, oh, it's what that show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if for some reason you don't know what Buffy is, um, it follows the adventures of teenage vampire hunter Buffy Summers, who lives in a small Californian town called Sunnydale, which is sitting atop an opening to hell and she is one in a long line of chosen lady warriors whose job it is to kill vampires and her and her friends do that <laughs> that's that's like basically basically the, that's it basically yeah. the plot yeah. which when you say it like that it, you're just like oh sure <laughs> Like, but for me, I was like, yes, please. Like, yeah, no, for me, like, so for me, yes, also. But I came to it a little later. So, Jesse, what was your okay. love? Tell us. So, I'm pretty sure we discussed this before. So, sorry that I'm rehashing it again. But maybe you haven't listened to that episode. So, hi, new people. Um, so, I do have, like, a pretty extensive background with Buffy. Mm. And... 
my life was really primed to absolutely love Buffy, the TV series, not just because it's in like themes and genres that I really like. So when I was young, I was really obsessed with Buffy the Vampire, which is technically made by Joss as well, but there were things that happened and he didn't get a lot of creative control. So it's like loosely based on what he did, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So I was obsessed with that. I was far too young for most of it, but like that didn't matter. I've always been into like horror stuff. I was always, it was like fun, campy. Um, It wasn't like something that was like keeping me up at night. (laughs) I'm, I'm sure my parents loved that, but like, (laughs) so I was really, really into Buffy. Like to the point I remember (laughs) in school, we would play like Hangman, you know, that game. And like, I would always pick Buffy the Vampire Slayer and like got to the point where everybody was like, well, you know which one you picked. (laughs) I was that kid. Um, Hyperfixation from a young age. Absolutely. (laughs) There was no going back. I started this very young. (laughs) Around that time, um, my mom was also big on like watching like daytime soaps and she was watching, I think it was General Hospital, uh, where Sarah Michelle Geller, who plays in the TV series, uh, she was playing one of the daughters of a character. Like she was fairly well known within the soap, like she was on it and she had just gotten a role to be in this show called Swan's Crossing which at the time they were angling it as the daytime soap for young adults or like, you know, younger kids. So that's how my mom heard about it because it was like targeted. It wasn't targeted Mm. as some sort of like prime time young teen show. It was literally targeted to the soap daytime soap crowd. And my mom was like, Oh yeah, it might be something you'd be interested in. And it was probably a thing that like, she thought it would be cool because bonding in a sense, you know, and yeah. I thought it would be cool. Cause like my mom's watching all of her soaps and they're boring. So mine as well. So I watched that largely was not for me, but I was too young. It's campy and fluffy and it's like, not, it's not anything bad for like any sort of like kid. It's not 90210. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, but it was just like stuff that was like, you know, from not for me, but like, I still like, was like Sarah Michelle Geller, and then cut to a couple more years later, and they're announcing that Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie is now turning into a TV series, and Sarah Michelle Geller is starring in it. And I was Perfect just like, storm. "Perfect storm!" What? And I remember like discussing it with my mom too. Uh, so I was there first night it premiered. Like I was there watching i was part of the the crowd that was watching from the first episode Mm. and i loved every second of it because it was everything i love and ever wanted and it grabbed me from the very beginning and i was hooked and then it just became a a lifestyle it was buffy has always been i had the x-files and then there was buffy and that was it and that's kind of how i got into buffy and my like origin story my my slayer story (laughs) You're, you're how you were made a chosen one. Uh, mine is a little different because I didn't have television growing up. Uh, I think I mentioned this before that the only shows I watched um, were Roswell and Dark Angel because the girl up the street would tape them for me because we didn't have cable. So while everyone else was really enjoying watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer while I was in high school, um, I didn't get to because I didn't have a television. So I knew of its existence, but I had never actually watched it when I was in high school, when it was airing. Um, Like, I think I'd seen like one or two episodes, like, you know, they would be on, you know, if I was at a friend's house or something and I had no idea what was going on. I'm like, oh, it looks really interesting. It looks like something I'd be really into. I had, however, seen the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Some Someone had it on VHS or something and we watched it. And I thought, I was like, oh, this is so campy and fun. Like, this is because it's literally the, it's the campiest movie. Like, it's it delight, but like campiest. on purpose. Like, yeah, I, all I can remember is uh, the the death scene the one vampires it's like oh oh kicking the wall like uh, (laughs) yeah like uh. and i just remember howling with laughter because the show was 
so sarcastic about mm-hmm. like, this movie was so sarcastic so anyway fast forward i'm in college and when i started college my like autoimmune disorder got really really bad so i was sick a lot of the time and so i you need things to you can't just like listen when you're bed bound you can't just sit there staring at the ceiling all day because that is incredibly boring someone had given me um firefly on Mm. dvd okay 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 and so great show so i watched it and i was addicted like and then the same year like serenity the movie came out so i went to go watch this in the theaters and i loved it i just thought it was oh it was great Uh, that was my first year university when serenity came out uh so then my now husband he was then my boyfriend at the time uh bought me because i like loved it so much that he looked up like you know what's some other stuff that like people involved in this show have done and so he found at future shop which no longer exists rip future shop (laughs) um they were selling Buffy the Vampire Slayer DVDs for like nine bucks for the whole season. So mm-hmm. he bought me season one and then I watched it and I was like, I need season two now. I need season two now. So so then you got season two. I have all the season. I still own them. I have all the seasons on DVD that they were just like cutthroat because like future shop was going out of business at this time so like everything was always on sale so we just i even have two copies of season five because there was a miscommunication Uh-oh, over which season i'm just kidding yeah, who knows? <laughs> maybe uh, i'm sure it's in a box somewhere you want the dvds, like, you want the DVDs? Uh, i was like big into dvd box sets like i, oh, I was I, too I, yeah I had, I had supernatural i had like all the all the shit especially anyway. when it like did that like turn because it used to be like very expensive for dvd boxes. yeah my i have the season one of the x-files on a dvd box set that thing was 200 bucks oof, and oof. so it took a while then there became yeah. a thing where like you know it became cheap to get the dvd box set, yeah and then no, it was they like, would, like handy. they would start at like 29 for like these and then i would just like camp i would just wait because eventually i know they'd get down to 19 we had like I waited a little longer the like dvd places that had the used stuff so then you could mm. get the used stuff because people are always giving back those yeah. because not everybody does what we do where they no, just like not, watch it not, constantly it, not watch everyone, it once and then like give it away. Not everyone is a collector. Let's just say <laughs> yeah. this. And then, uh, so I became obsessed. And then when we, mm-hmm. we moved from Montreal to Halifax, we now moved back to Montreal, but when we moved from Montreal to Halifax, I was sick again and they had just added all of it to Netflix. And I was like, well, it might as well. And so, <laughs> just constantly and Uh I just became utterly obsessed I I have I had a Buffy the Vampire Slate commemorative plate Mm -hmm. um I had like a a watch with Spike on it like I was one of those people big fan big fan so I don't there was just something about it that just really like connected with me at the time Mm -hmm. and I I think it wasn't so much like, it, you know, it was well-written and stuff. But I think it was the fact that at the time I felt so powerless in my mm. own life that there was something that was really great. It, the, the obsession ran very deep. I wrote actual marked papers in grad school about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I remember I had, like, in middle school, uh, like, it was my eighth grade teacher. Uh, she was related to Joss Ooh. Whedon somehow I was like through things and like I remember like she just said it in passing and I was like <gasps> only one in the class but I was like <gasps> and then she like immediately was like oh you know I'm like you're like I'm a fan I'm a fan I'm a big fan thanks no such it's just so good well we've talked about this like outside of the podcast um we share a love of urban fantasy yes so this really the genre of buffy the vampire slayer was something that like we already kind of gravitated to and Mm. like we were going to but i think especially at that time buffy was such a strong character that you Mm. weren't seeing like when buffy started it was what 13 14 and like to have like this girl on screen and not just like 
she's the main character, which at the time that was kind of like big too, but like mm-hmm. she's the main character. She's kicking butt, but she's also like a girly girl too, which was yeah. like not she something loved, that like fashion you could ever have. Like, she, you know, if you're going to have that like powerful main character, they were like, you know, dark or gloomy, which is like, fine, yeah. but it's, it's, they can't all be ser- so cool about like seeing someone who was yeah. like also really wanted to be a cheerleader doing it's like this. it's at, it's at the time like there was this you know there was this obsession with like this strong female character i say in air quotes but the conception that hollywood had come out with of a strong female character was just a bunch of sarah connors and while uh-huh. i love the character sarah connor from terminator if you're unfamiliar that is not the full like basically their depiction of a strong female character was basically a man in a woman's body yeah so embodying all of these sort of masculine ideals whereas buffy didn't do that no and she, she was so tiny too like yeah Sarah michelle geller is like a tiny human yeah and, and so, so she was like packing all this punch and just like and it was like you know this concept that this like the stereotypical like teenage like valley girl as my mother would call them mm-hmm. because you know my mom has her own blind spots but whatever we go by this that well, yeah was, at, at the time that's what it was yeah too, that was like you know? um, in in popular culture was a you know um figure of ridicule like oh vapid teenage girls mm-hmm. who like are just, just you know like, rich kids boy crazy care about anybody like, yeah, they're boy crazy and obsessed with fashion. Like, oh, all these because you know, there's always a temptation in society because of the patriarchy mm-hmm. to, you know, shit on the feminine, right? So things that teenage girls like are mocked. But then right. this character comes along where she's like, Yes, mm-hmm. I love all of these things. And I also stab men for like my job <laughs> yeah. until they die. Yeah, and, and I think it's incredible and i'm a cheerleader like i'm you know she was the cheerleader who killed things instead of being killed but she was also the cheerleader who was genuinely a good person yeah like you weren't at this time especially like unless it was some like after school special you weren't seeing characters like buffy who Mm. is like a cheerleader super pretty super popular at least like that's how she was before all the you know things that happened she was that person and yet she was still hanging around like a person the like nerds. willow yeah which was just not something you saw like yes we saw that in cordelia's character but mm. her character is, there's a that's a whole other arc that. that's a whole um, that's another episode coming up later this month <laughs> yeah um but like it was something especially when me the person who was that kind of like quiet shy person like saw yeah. that that was like a really cool thing to see it was like this really cool character and she was giving genuinely giving these other characters time of day yeah like it was never forced it was never like she was like now i'm going to like hang out with these people to get out of being in the bad thing or like changing it up because like the whole the whole basic thing plot of the, the uh tv series is that it's supposed to essentially follow what happened in the movie it's not very yeah. close because they do different things but she ends up spoiler in the movie burning down school. old school's gym yeah. because there's all the vampires and so she moves to sunnydale in the tv series and it's like a, a point of contention with her and her mom so there's a lot of like real like like mm. teenage stuff going on but like it's not like she there was probably a little bit of like her wanting to you know make sure that she was staying out of trouble and stuff from mm. her mom and stuff but it was never like in a malicious way which i always like really yeah. picked up on like the the inter like the the relationships between characters in this show were bizarrely genuine for a show about a vampire mm-hmm. slayer like it was far more sort of genuine to actual experiences than you know other teen shows at the time and despite they're genuinely it being, buried yeah despite it being like an incredibly f- unbelievable show in the sense of its plot the characters within it were believable people mm-hmm. which is you know incredible because you mm-hmm. know teen shows especially teen shows like this that's not normally the case like no 
And I think that's what they really like focused on a lot. A lot of the like types of episodes that you would see, like, yes, it may like be manifested in some sort of like demon doing all this stuff, but like mm. they were really true to what was going on in high school life and like yeah. high school relationships and stuff. And just like the struggle within like Buffy's character alone, her struggle with just wanting to be mm. a high school student who now has all the weight of the world like resting on her shoulders yeah. and the the way that they explore that and then the way that they explore her with like other characters like her um with her and like Giles how like he becomes her surrogate father because she doesn't have her father in her life and it, that was a very mm. big thing like you see in a lot of the episodes about house not having her father mm. as a presence in her life his it's like you know kind of drains on her emotionally even in though yeah. like they have somewhat of a good relationship, but they're just not seeing each other. And then, like, the real consequences of, like, what she's doing with her mother, because, like, she can't tell her mother this is what she's doing. Because yeah. not only will her mother probably not believe her, but, like, if she believed her, she's going to be like, no, not my kid. Not, like, you're yeah. not going to be, like, in situations where you're, like, killing yourself. And that kind of, like, plays into, like, just, like, her sneaking around or her, yeah. like, feeling bad that she... It, again is like becoming a nuisance or a, um betraying her mother's trust but yeah. she has to because she has to save the world too like yeah there, like there's so much like that the series covers it's kind of overwhelming when you start to think about like what they were able to accomplish in this teen show yeah. about and, and, and it's like and it, vampires and and they also managed to transition so nicely between like the teen experience to like the young adult experience. Like um like when she has to get a part-time job yeah. to pay the bills and you know like just her struggle financial struggles and yeah. relationship struggles and everything um after a one of the most devastating episodes of a TV show I've ever seen that I'm sure we'll talk about later because oh yeah I'm sure we're damn gonna, yeah, that episode, we'll episode is episode oh, just our favorites our favorite episodes um mm -hmm. but I really like so there's sort of like so each season follows like your typical like each episode will have like a little villain but like the season will have like an overarching like big bad villain which mm -hmm. i think they even called it the big bad like that yeah. was kind of the joke right and they all the apocalypse is coming again like we got yeah. so every season they have to stop a different big bad um and so the first three seasons are sort of about like being a high school student and in a the, new town too in a new town and the like just sort of emphasizing problems like making problems that people go through uh as teenagers mm -hmm. but like make it apocalyptic so it's like you know i think one of the the easiest examples is like uh, losing your virginity right mm -hmm. like and the the guilt and shame that you feel over that being taken to a whole other level of awful because mm -hmm. of demons you know or you know just like anxiety about graduating well it's like not just anxiety about graduating uh, evil demons gonna eat your town like or even you know? like um um like oh, they're right outside my door now but um like larger kind of like problems like there's an episode where um we're introduced to like a Buffy is going to start to try to get back into cheerleading. Yeah. And she meets this girl and you find out that her mother is like very verbally abusive to her because she used to be a cheerleader and she wants yeah. her kid to be a cheerleader and her kid's just not really into it. And it becomes like this body swap thing. Cause there's like, mm. which like story in, like involved in that. And the main story is about an abusive parent uh, who is trying mm -hmm. to like power over the the kid and then they are able to kind of like morph it into this like supernatural tale when they like yeah. have the the witchcraft and the body like changing and that sort of thing and it's just those types of like episodes yeah. you're like how or, and, <laughs> or like a, a, there's another episode where a bullied girl turns invisible Mm, yeah, because she feels invisible, but because they live in the mouth, the hell mouth, literally, um, she then becomes invisible and then decides that she's had enough 
and tries to get revenge against her tormentors. And, you know, so it's like there's all sorts of like just these, you know, regular situations that were taken to like delightful extremes in sort of a supernatural way. But I think it really resonated with people because despite the fact that they were turning, you know, inner demons into literal demons, everyone could relate to teen yeah. problems you know yeah, like they weren't doing anything that wasn't something that like at least you at least one of the episodes you mm -hmm. yourself had experienced yeah and i i do also believe it was one of the first sort of prime time shows targeted towards teens that had an openly uh lgbtq plot that wasn't uh negative in any like yeah. it wasn't a negative thing that someone was gay or bi i'm gonna take this to my grave willow was bi willow was bi it wasn't even but just leaned a... more towards women but yeah. you're gonna yeah. you're gonna say like that long-term multi-year relationship my erasure is not a thing that i subscribe to and never no. will so no get out of get out of here get out of here with that bullshit mind you it did also you know then have the kill your gaze problem but uh, yeah like there are problems, problems. Yeah, and the show is not like, perfect we'll in any stretch know of the that imagination we're gonna address those in like a, yeah. a lighter like episode but future episodes but uh, i think especially for that time i know that's not like uh, an excuse but like literally for that time you weren't seeing this stuff and i yeah. i don't think like especially with kids nowadays they understand when people say that really you weren't getting anything it no. wasn't you were kind of not getting something. You weren't getting those things. Like it, yeah. you weren't getting what Willow was. And especially like seeing her have like full relationships with women, like yeah. especially in that age group and at that long, you just weren't. It's, and then like characters who were actually like become part of the main cast too. It wasn't yeah. even like a one-off episode where like you have a, a you know, a girlfriend and then by the other episode we don't even know who they are and they don't even appear to like go to the school anymore you know yeah um and there was a lot of stuff that they really kind of addressed that were huge problems and like even they even addressed before knowing the impact of it and uh, mm -hmm. one of the episodes i can remember is they uh did an episode about um how Buffy started to be able to hear everybody's voices. Yeah. And through the the episode, she starts to hear that someone is planning to get a gun yeah. and bring it to the school. And that episode was actually scheduled for like completely created and done right when Columbine had happened. Yeah. To the point that they had to like change up the date and, and not air it out of they had to air it out of order because of yeah. play out respect. It was an instance where they really were kind of actually focusing on what was happening with it. Now, like, the, the story went a completely different way. And I actually kind of really enjoyed the way that they took that story. And I think Buff, that's what Buffy does best is they take these stories and kind of, like, divert them in ways that yeah. you don't expect. Because, spoiler, at the end of the episode, you find out that he was going to commit suicide. It wasn't that he was thinking about killing anybody else and so the entire time you had this but like it just was like one of those instances where like Buffy was in tune with what high school students were going through yeah. even before we knew that because at that point school shootings weren't that televised like there were yeah. school shootings before Columbine but that was the major breaking point and for a show about a hellscape with like mutants and stuff to like be able to grasp what, what the high school what, experience was. Yeah. Was just. Listen, even if all the high schoolers looked about 27, it's still captured. But there was <laughs> yes. no like show that was doing it. Like, yeah, that, no, that's what like that, that was. Like, teen, that was, like, that was the, teen shows was in general at the time. Norm. Yeah. That was what you, you just, you just got through it and be, moved on to be expected of these yeah. shows you know i mean it's it's a lot cheaper than having to have a teens to pay, the, pay a tutor and stuff pay the tutor or like not be able to have them for half the time uh, yeah. working so yeah. i get it i understand and also you know you can't have plot lines that get a little uh, sorry a little racy if uh 
they're not 18 so yeah, especially you don't want that you know you yeah, 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 yeah you don't want that you don't want that smoke you know yeah. you don't want that smoke no there's just something special about the show and it, it endures even you know like you can rewatch it now and still get the same amount of enjoyment mm-hmm. out of it. It's sort of like the mummy in that way, how we talked about yeah. how the mummy has like a weirdly timeless quality. I would say that like, there are some parts that like you can really feel the age of. Yeah. Like the technology the and stuff. But... Oh, well, and then also just Sanders character in general. He's yeah. It's kind of bad. Bad. We'll talk about that later. Um, but but... I, I actually wrote a whole paper about Xander for my gender it... and sexuality class. So Sander, I okay. So side note, um, I have named every pet that I've ever had in any form of fashion as Buffy characters, and I never once, never once named the them Xander. Well, <laughs> a very problematic like, character. My favorite my beta. I even had Riley as a cat. Oh, and Riley's the worst character ever. And he's I not a was good like, character. He's just like boring and. All every part of bad, like Xander's, yeah. like just terrible misogynist. But like, was that kid like? That's the problem too. Like, yeah, it's not like you was didn't that a re- have was that, that real? Because like yeah. I've met I've met guys like him all the time. Yeah, I like, mean it, it called, kind of they sucks them, now when you're watching it. And you're like, yeah. oh god, they they call them oh, incels yeah. these yeah. days. Yeah, <laughs> who like have some really good. There's some really good storylines with Willow. I know. I, know. Like, I just he's 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 the sort of guy that these days i would go my brother in christ no bitches no bitches Got well it. we could also say that to the trio too that's they were... true the show can't be like no shows are perfect like for example no, the paper no. i was talking about that was about xander was actually about how buffy while being very progressive in lesbian depictions was incredibly regressive in uh male to male romance absolutely uh, and it, because of this it becomes even more uh, obvious that there was a male gaze blind spot because you know by making uh you know i was looking at the character of andrew specifically mm-hmm. who was very queer coded yeah. um he shows up later on if you haven't seen the series he's part of the trio yeah yeah late, far later on um how like, you know, the male homosexuality is treated as a joke and something to mock, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, uh, female homosexuality was like, ooh, exciting. Girl on girl. Oh, yeah, excellent. That's, which yeah. is which is very male gazy, but at the and, same yeah, time. Yeah, very male or very 90s. Like, that, yeah, that very wasn't even... Late 90s, early 2000s. Did like, we all know that was, like, terrible? Yes. W- would there have been an option for it to not be on there? No. no. Like, it's no. just... Just like the reality it wasn't going to if, not be if, there it was it was a time where like if they had literally come out and said andrew is gay the show would have been canceled immediately but probably yeah because you know that's just not acceptable at the time but like oh well, you know like, yeah, like also like, like a... also they were pushing it with willow yeah, they were they were they were they really were like that's how impactful her character being the way that was was to like just television in general yeah so it you know it's not without its problems but really nothing is yeah yeah no there's nothing that's we're all flawed we're all deeply flawed and i think a lot of people now forget about that like people who have grown up with like strictly social media especially like advanced social media Mm. fails to remember that like we're all deeply flawed it's not even just like kind of flawed it's like extremely flawed and the only and like what i think that even in like buffy treated its characters as being deeply flawed Mm -hmm. but what was important which i think is important in reality is that you always have an opportunity to improve yourself and learn from your mistakes rather than continuing to make them mm-hmm. and because you know we're all gonna fuck up you know just like the characters did yeah. often like buffy fucks up a lot she's not a perfect slayer no and she's not even a perfect friend like she no she fucks up like a lot of times but it's yeah. ever it's always realistic and i think also the show does this thing where they like 
um, really hone in on the fact that like you can mess up, but also you have to remember that there's always people around you that are willing and ready to help. And sometimes those people do fuck up as well and maybe fuck up something and it directly impacts you. I'm talking about her dying again uh, and then coming back, but like it, it, focus a lot of that and like yeah. you know it was sometimes just a joke because they were the scooby gang and you know you always see them they're always like together doing their thing but like they really did show kind of the, how there was a lot of times where it's like buffy can't do everything she is the best person in the world and she can't do everything and they acknowledged that they were like okay yeah but like if we get like you know xander and willow and giles on one vampire we'll get it done it'll help out buffy yeah. and it's not the end of the world, literally. Like to ask for help. Yeah, like, for asking for help is okay, and not being perfect is okay. You can you can also still be the best, the literal best in the world, and mm-hmm. still be flawed. I still need help. Not, yeah, need help and not be perfect. And it it played around with that a lot. It did, which was super interesting to me. Like because Buffy is like superhuman, and she still was thrown around and messed up and I, I feel couldn't like, do some things like Buffy really influenced all the sort of like supernatural teen stuff that mm-hmm. came like beyond it and you can like yeah. clearly see like how you know these sort of themes and styles get used now pretty much watch literally any CW show yeah, that exists, and you can see, you know, Buffy through it, or like even in non-supernatural stuff. Like if you watch, uh, like Veronica Mars, for example, you can see the, you know, how or the influence on the media continues through. Oh, I love Veronica Mars. That's mm-hmm. another, another episode for another day. But uh, and like the Buffy isn't over. I don't know if you know, people out there. There's like a billion. It's continued mm-hmm. in the comics, the Buffyverse yep. comics. I used to get um, Buffy, Spike, and Angel comics saved <laughs> for me when I was in college. At a, they had a thing at a comic book shop that you could go in and they would reserve you. Uh, so once a month, I would go in. And I would get my. It was I got yeah. Buffy, Spike, Angel, and Runaways. Those were my four, my four <laughs> comics. I would get once a month, and they're good. Mm-hmm. Like the post season eight. Uh, or I think it's just called season eight is what they started so, with. Yeah. Uh, they're quite interesting, very different tone than the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They but, became their own little world. Yeah. Just because of how season yeah. seven ended. Yeah. But uh, it's like, I, even with all of like, you know, the, the problems that are coming to light, I still look back on my experiences with Buffy with mm-hmm. a lot of fondness. And yeah. I, I don't know if that's because like the time that I watched it, it was a time that mentally I really needed it. And it came to me at sort of the perfect spot that, mm-hmm. yeah, you're chronically ill and you're never going to get better. But that's okay because, mm-hmm. you know, you can still be awesome. Yeah. You know, that was sort of the vibe, right? And so Buffy like really meant something. Yeah, it me. really did. Which is probably why I wrote so many papers on it in college. But like, yeah, I think especially our age, it really, mm-hmm. it really meant something to us. Like, yes, yeah. it meant that like my favorite movie became into a TV series, yeah. but like it developed into something more. Mm-hmm. And it's still a thing that I pick up and watch constantly and talk about and think yeah. about and refer back to and stuff. And it, yes. And it's always going to be like that, even with the knowledge of what we know about things, mm. it's still going to be that way because yeah. it it did so much good that it would be really sad to let one man Cancel allow that to. Because it, at the end of the day, he didn't create every bit of Buffy. No. He, he was not even every team. episode. Like he wasn't even part of the writing team on every episode yeah so it's like you know there's certain things that you look at like for example like i can no longer enjoy harry potter knowing what i know but that was the work of one woman you know and like the more you read it as critically as an adult you see 
her toxic mentality in it. And you're like, oh, fuck. But this, it's not quite the same. It's not. Like, I, I definitely feel like you can see his toxicness in the male characters. Mm-hmm. And, like, some situations. But also, they were product of the time, too. Yeah. And- that was, like, literally the character of Xander. That was the dude on TV. Yeah, that, that wasn't, like... Like if, normal if you watch like you were... if you watch like Dawson's Creek, yeah, the, same, you weren't same vibes. Not you know like should it have happened? No, but like no. it's not like you had an option. I never watched like characters like Buffy or Willow or Cordelia and ever see what I now know of of Joss Whedon. Yeah, and I that you know. I will give it credit that's maybe because Joss Whedon is a true artist mm. who's a flawed bad artist in terms of a hu- as a human but yeah. he's still good at what he does yeah, and that's you can why we're kind able of be, to do that. You can be a piece of shit but be good at what you be good at your art. Yeah. Like, you know, look at like Orson Scott Card for God's sakes. That guy's a raging homophobe but managed to write one of my favorite science fiction series of all times that is oddly not homophobic at all so it's they always like, managed to do that and you're it's, like it's do you so actually weird. know what homophobia is i don't i'm <laughs> like you go on and on about how you write gay people but then you wrote ender's game which has like like he's a he's like a gay he's like a gay hating racist but he wrote this the Ender's Game series, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fucking mystifying. mystifying. Okay, uh, so you can, you know, so there's like, you know, you sort of come to the, can we divorce the art from the artist? And sometimes you can. And I think in the case of a television show, you certainly can because he was but one, yeah, part of a huge team that was full of diverse people bringing different mindsets to it hate the guy because i think he's a piece of shit but god damn how if i liked everything he's ever made and it i hate it i hate how much i like everything he's made well let's I hate let's it. side this because i think this is not yeah, deserving of like the last minute yeah no no, no we'll talk about something like, positive full, talk about positive. but like i i feel it deserves a full episode so it we does, don't need to yeah. rehab <laughs> and do all of it and then like try for another episode on it but i also liked how buffy it had you know in a lot of teen shows you have sort of adult characters that are nothing but antagonistic to the teenagers Mm -hmm. and sort of, you know, but in this one you had, you know, especially in, you know, mom, Joyce and Giles, be still my beating heart. Giles, (laughs) I had the biggest, like, listen, I watched it in my twenties, right? Giles can get the best father. I started it it when I was 13. Giles will always be a dad. Yeah, no, see, I was in my 20s and I was like, (laughs) and like, like the character of Giles, like sort of this academic, sort of nerdy glass. That's that's my husband. Mm -hmm. So I literally married a Giles. So in that episode where he reverts back to teen Giles. Oh, Remember yeah. that one with the yeah, with him and, Joyce, him and Joyce going on like <laughs> anyway, but what I was gonna say was that unlike many teen shows, this had like adults who weren't just treating teenagers like disobedient children that needed to be managed, but actually as human beings who have thoughts and feelings which i think is a lot of a failings of adults in real life how they treat children and teens as sort of like controllable assets which is why they get so upset when like you know teens rebel a sentence Mm -hmm. i hate because it's just like they're not rebelling they're just being teenagers trying to learn things um and so it's sort of still don't know how to do things yeah like the the you know they need to emotions are like at the height and it's sort of don't know how to process it yeah their hormones are going crazy they're being forced to like do things that are counter you know intuitive to people aka get up super early which teens aren't supposed to do and go and sit still for a whole day like that's not you know and have things spewed at them um and so you know i've always thought that a good parent is one who gives their children like room to fail and learn 
rather than constantly having to be achieving success. And I think that Buffy sort of like followed this to an extent, this concept that like, you know, sort of detailing how, you know, she couldn't fail and how that was breaking her as a person. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, because if she fails, everyone dies. And sometimes as a teen, it feels like if you fail, like your life is going to be over. Yeah. Which is, no, you fail all the time. That's how, that's how you learn, you know, to quote, uh, meet the Robinsons, one of my favorite Disney movies, like, oh, I failed. You failed. Excellent. Failure. Failure is the first, <laughs> it's the first step on the road to success. Right. Yeah. So it's sort of like, it, it really demonstrated these like, you know, real emotional pressures that I think a lot of shows gloss over, mm -hmm. but it also showed like adult characters who were willing to help her when she did fail rather than chastise her for and they also were flawed in more different ways. Like it mm -hmm. wasn't the standard flaw. It wasn't like even just the, what um, the teenager saw as a flaw or the teenager could see as a flaw. Yeah. It was, it was adults flying that the teenagers weren't even picking up on. Yeah. Too. And I think that was and, huge. And, and then it also had sort of an appreciation for, you know what these adults were doing for the for these teens that the even the teens don't realize because teenagers often don't realize like the good intentions that people have because you know of the whole like striving for perfection and stuff like and i think it's most noted after um you know the spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen this almost 20 year old show um it's more than 20 years old. more than 20 years more than 20 97 years was when 97 it so yes don't think about it yeah okay just know um, that it was more than <laughs> i know uh after uh joyce dies um yes buffy's mother dies 20 year spoiler how hard it becomes because she was never taught all of the financial stuff mm -hmm. that Joyce had to do because you know you always think you have more time and all this so but it was like it was also how she didn't die from any supernatural being yes that was she a just... grief that like Buffy had never experienced yeah, she had she experienced could... people leaving her because mm -hmm. of the being a vampire slayer she had it experience with like people being in danger from like vampires and mm -hmm. other mutants and stuff and putting their life on the line for her but yeah. she had never once dealt with actual grief that and was true earthly grief yeah and oh, that episode so i'm literally good. getting goosebumps like thinking about it because the actual raw grief that this show managed to it was the most real instance of actual mm -hmm. grief of losing a parent that I've seen in any show and it was a show about vampire killers like the because like it's also it's a little background on my life when I was watching this it was also soon after I had lost my own father to you know an illness and so I was like this is this is it like this is the actual emotion and so mm -hmm. it, it's a, it's a cathartic show to watch in a lot of ways like it, mm -hmm. it really can help you with your own emotional situations. Yeah. Like it, despite the fact that it's about mystically endowed vampire hunter, it's really about what it means to be human, mm -hmm. which is, God, I love this show. Fuck, I love this show. Well, of course we love the show. That's why yeah. we're doing a whole, so well, yeah, doing a whole month a on the show. Whole Please. month on it. <laughs> we're doing a whole month on the show so if you like buffy don't worry more to come the yeah. love fest will continue because this is a yeah. as i think as i said to jesse it's a deep mine a deep mine to dig the buffy verse so. it really is mm -hmm. and, and the reason we also picked this is because that the this is the month of mm -hmm. buffy being canceled and ending so mm -hmm. we were like oh well just kind of like as a anniversary thing yeah well but every ending it. is a new beginning yeah. and so we will beginning our month on <laughs> the buffy verse yeah <laughs> that was a pretty good segue if i do say so myself look at me. it was it was look at you look at me coming up with these segues 
So yeah, so keep tuned for the rest of the month because it's going to be all Buffy all month. And then, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time and we're going to have fun and just talk about all things Buffy and all things that we love and, you know, some things to that maybe we don't, but that's okay mm-hmm. because not everything is perfect. Uh, we are all deeply flawed human beings. And it's true. And as flawed human beings, we cannot create perfection, nor should we, nor should we try to. So... Anyway, we hope you have a fantastic week and weekend because this comes out on Friday. Mm-hmm. So we hope you have a fantastic weekend. And uh, I don't know, maybe turn on to where where does Buffy stream in the States? Hulu. Buffy streams in, on Hulu in the States and it is on Disney Plus in Canada. We are not sponsored. You're not. Anyway. You don't have to have like the premium plan. I have the freebie plan with... Uh... Spotify and mm-hmm. I can watch all of Buffy. So, mm-hmm. so Dis- Disney Plus is, yeah. is it's where it is. It's got all. It's got all. It's got Buffy. It's got Angel. It even has the movie version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It comes and goes on um, Hulu, um, mm-hmm. but it is one of those movies that always shows up somewhere. Yeah, it used to be one of those movies that would always be on like TSN. Yeah, no, it was always rerunning and I would always stop. I have seen that movie like an absurd amount of time. An absurd amount of time. Like, and so, like, we didn't have cable at my house, but my, so my dad had like, it makes us sound like such rich fucking people, but just know that we weren't. It wasn't a nice house. Mm -hmm. He had like a a house near the ocean because, like, I was 12 when my parents got married, so he still had his house, and my mom had her house, okay? So in the in the summer, we lived at his house, and in the winter, we lived at my, at my mom's house. But, like, we didn't have cable at my mom's house. It was the middle of nowhere. But, like, so we would go to my dad's house sometimes after school, like, when he had stuff to do at his house, uh-huh. and he had cable. So we could, like, you know, watch TV. And it would always, there would always be, it would always be on. It was it was just, there was, it was playing somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think it would sometimes be on, like, YTV. Oh, YTV. YTV. Uh, YTV youth television <laughs> late night YTV so yeah so but if you want to watch them all in Canada they're they're now at Disney Plus so you can they used to be on Netflix but they've moved so uh <laughs> you know it, it be what it be yeah yeah uh so anyway thank you for listening to us we will catch up with uh the Scooby gang next week <laughs> for more good times All right. Have a good week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.